This is the Edible Valley podcast. How you doing? This is uh, William Stringer. And I'm Chef Jonathan Fraser. And today, well, we have a couple of farmers in-house on a first gorgeous day of the year. So they are really, really busy. So this is... This is really golden time. We have Amara from a minute. We have Arzina from Amara Farms. <laughs> if I wasn't reading it, that would have been fine. And we've also got Courtney from Peace and Love Produce in Courtney. Stay with us. This is the Edible Valley Podcast. Do you ever wonder where your food comes from? That's what got us started on this adventure. In each episode, we ask experts to weigh in on the food topics that matter to you, from growers to producers to chefs. And I challenge John, Darren, and you to learn more about your food and the stories behind it. From our hub on Vancouver Island in the beautiful Comox Valley, join us as we explore our edible valley. So it's a gorgeous day in the Comox Valley. It's the warmest day of the year so far, probably. Arzina, yeah. let's start with you. How's it going? It's it's going well. It's been a bit of a, as you mentioned, you know, it's been a cold spring. So we've been just delayed and delayed, not wanting to plant. Um, with 2022 still in the background, the memories of like cold, wet, all the way until June. Is it? So as, it's not as bad then. It's not as bad. So okay. think it's going to be 2022 is going to be the benchmark year where we compare everything to. <laughs> so not as bad, but still cold. And so this week has been the first week where we've had double digit temperatures, oh, and so yeah. finally things can get planted. So like today. 3,000 onions are going in the field and like our tomatoes are getting planted in the greenhouse. So it's all, all hands on deck in the fields for sure. All hands on deck. Yeah. And uh, Courtney, what, what's your thing today then? Well, your busy summer weather thing to do? Um, I'm in the process right now of, of hardening off some of my transplants that I'm going to be selling in, at market. So getting them ready for other people to put in their gardens before I get into my own garden. Amazing. That's exciting, and this this is for your first year, um, as on your own show. Like you've been at the market before, but now you've got your own farm working here. Right? Yeah, it's definitely my first year on my own, so it's a different ball game. And there's a lot of hands on deck that need to be there, but I'm here instead. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, we thank you for awesome. sure. Thank you. The, the work will be there when I get back to the farm. <laughs> That's great. So you you've got the you've got the farmers market coming up this weekend. Is that is that kind of your first big engagement? For this year, it will be absolutely. Yeah. 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 And I'm looking forward to doing lots of markets this year. It's going to be my primary sales outlet. Okay. So. Amazing. Are you doing all the farmers markets or just the Saturday one? I'm hoping to dabble in all of them um, in the heat of the summer. It might be tricky to do the Saturday as well as the Sunday markets, mm. but either one of them for sure. And uh, gumboots? The, uh, not so much the gumboot. I like the uh, the Sunday market in Cumberland. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that it's one. It's a lovely yeah. little market. And I yeah. was there quite a bit last year, and it's just such a nice community. So. It is, yeah. I mean, you've got to love Cumberland. Yeah, yeah, I do love Cumberland. And the Wednesday downtown market, of course, too. That's yeah. a nice midweek yes. market yeah, to participate yeah, I in. Uh, I love the Wednesday downtown it's market. It's just actually. amazing how many great places you can pick up fresh local food here we in the try valley. and make it as easy as possible for folks to to buy local i mean there's really no excuse yeah. like it's you can hit up to cumberland you can get downtown courtney you've got down at the what is it the exposition 
exhibition, exhibition grounds. Ground. Thank you. It's <laughs> like <laughs> competition. Fingers on buzzers. <laughs> uh, to, to pick up all this wonderful stuff, as well as, you know, going to the farms themselves. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. My, my sister's from, uh, or lives in Southern California, and she obviously is a very busy area, not so many farms. Um, and she was very impressed when she came up here. She said, you don't know how lucky you are that you've just got all these farms on your doorstep. The fact that you've got charitable organizations like the food bank that are driving around you see them you know them you know we're it's very easy to take this for granted but it is it's great to be connected to your food community really is totally and you guys are going to make it even easier for people too we're hoping we're hoping (laughs) because you know we know that um not everyone can make it down on saturday to the farmer's market um there's no bus yet um to the exhibition ground so that can be a um, hard for, for folks who you know need to take transit and Saturdays are busy days for a lot of families as well usually there's a sport or something happening um, so you know many farms in the Comox Valley have uh, put on like a weekly box program where you can sign up and then get a box of vegetables usually it comes out midweek because many of us like as Courtney mentioned we're always at the Saturday market and it's so nice to have something, um, an outlet for our produce midweek. Yeah, true, so true, true, true. These programs are um, generally called CSAs, Community Supported Agriculture, or they go by a veggie box program, that's the other name. And um, yeah, farmers just ask for people to sign up up front. So you pay up front. We know that there's you know a commitment from the consumer, and then you get this box of veggies. Um, on a weekly basis that you can have fun with. What's the uh, what's the commitment? Let's just dive into the details because yeah. I like this. <laughs> you know, um, it really depends on the farm. So there's probably um, um, a dozen farms that are doing some kind of CSA. Um, they can be vegetable. There's a lot of flower CSAs as well, so you can get a weekly bouquet. And there's even a couple of meat CSAs in the valley. Um, so at our farm, Amara, we have a summer box program, which runs for 12 weeks, and then a fall box program, which is another eight weeks. So some people just sign up for summer, or if they're away all summer, they just sign up for fall, or then you can also do both and do a 20-week okay. program. Um, and for us, we just, you know, the nice thing for farmers is just to know that um, the food that we grow is going to go into someone's tummy, right? It, yeah. That's always the thing that we want to see our food eaten. Mm. Um, it's so hard when food comes back from the market or stuff is unsold. I mean, we can eat you know, a fair amount, but you, you just want that food to get out into the community. Yeah. And this is a really nice way to show farmers that you know, you're committed, um, that, that that food has a home, and then it's so much nicer to plan for. Mm. Um, you know, we can literally seed a bed of salad and know that in six weeks, this is going to come out in, um, in this week of the CSA. So, yeah, yeah. that's, that's really exciting. Um, I've, I've had vegetable box programs before and I found them to be a really great way of guaranteeing. It just takes the, the guesswork out of it. Not only is it, it, is it local and you know, the people that are growing it, which is so important, but when it lands on your doorstep, you know, you, you've got to eat it <laughs> you exactly. know? as opposed to if it's in the supermarket. So many things yeah. can get in the way of that happening. True. True. Um, and, and it's I think- fresh too. Right. And like, you've got a week, like if you think about it with the grocery store, it's already been on a 
been a week to get to the store before you're probably going to get to it. Absolutely. I think most CSA farmers harvest either the day of if no, and or the day before. So literally you've got veggies that are less than 24 hours wow. since they've been harvested. So, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, put quite simply, that's better for you. You've got the nutrients in there. From the minute it's pulled out the ground, I guess the, the degradation process starts. Yeah. And so if you're having something that's, you know, grown in trucks uh, across Canada from Ontario or somewhere, it's going to be all right, but probably not anywhere near as good as if it's just come a couple of miles. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I think we all know how much food tastes better when it's fresh and local. You, you can get away with almost uh, being like a chef when the <laughs> when the produce tastes as good as it does when it's when it's really picked it at peak ripeness and and yeah just grown with love yeah. uh, Courtney from peace and love produce um, what do you specialize in um, right now I'm just very experimental because I'm such a new farmer so I'm I'm finding my specialties um, I've always loved growing tomatoes and greenhouse crops so that's that's where my niche is right now Amazing. but um but yeah i hope to find more more crops that i'm very good at growing but for now i'm dabbling in everything so i really <laughs> love that i mean i don't know about um in the valley or in canada generally in england when you say you're going to meet a farmer you never see a farmer that's just starting to farm mm. it's someone that's been doing it for like 10 20 generations <laughs> and that's just all they know uh, which is wonderful but seeing someone like yourself say they're a new farmer they're, they're going into it how does that how does that feel does it do you feel a bit like a pioneer oh absolutely yeah i mean i'm not new to growing food by any means um, i've grown up gardening with a family of gardeners and and but it seems like as soon as you turn that into a career and you go into a larger scale a lot of the things that you thought would transfer don't and you have to learn it from the ground up again so there are these fundamentals of, you know, the passion for growing food and the love of, of food itself. And um, and those can carry you through. But the actual skill set is all it's all learning all the time. And it doesn't it, year to year. It doesn't it doesn't uh, change. You keep learning. See, that's where I fail. I'm really good at once the food is grown, doing stuff with <laughs> yeah. it. But that beforehand part is I'm a disaster. Yeah. I'm very passionate about putting stuff in the ground. And then when it comes to harvest, it's an, a whole nother thing for me. So. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll just add, um, it's lifelong learning. Like, if you think that you'll ever be an expert in growing food, Mother Nature will throw you a curveball <laughs> yeah, and just take you down a notch. So it's a super humbling <laughs> career. Yeah. 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 yeah, it reminds me a little bit of, like, being a fisherman because yeah. you are just totally at the mercy of the elements. And, and you're right, Arzina, it is humbling because you realize you don't have the ultimate power yeah. so you just have to bend to the will of nature totally. what I mean Courtney does that teach you anything about life becoming a farmer and not being able to convince the seasons to change for you oh absolutely resiliency is a huge lesson especially 2022 being my first year commercially farming we had to be able to adapt to all sorts of different circumstances and change our plans at the drop of a pin and just kind of push through and and hope for the best and and expect the worst and and it all you know it worked out like it and if you can just keep keep your passion alive and and just not give up it usually will work out in the end and you learn a lot of lessons and that transfers to so much of life's challenges and and things that happen and yeah, it's, obviously love that. Yeah. Yeah. Have you had uh, any kind of real highs and real lows doing this? 
Oh, um, well, yeah, last year, some of the best days we had at market, you know, like I had a full, beautiful stand. I was able to nice. put my vision out there with fresh, beautiful flowers and food that just looked absolutely gorgeous. And I knew it tasted incredible and it was nutrient dense and fresh and in season. And that to me was, that was the pinnacle of what I'd wanted to do all year. And I got to do that for a few months at the end of summer and into the fall because we had such a beautiful fall yeah. that it really just yeah, stretched out yeah. the season. So I got to I got to relish that glory for a little while. Um, <laughs> the, I mean, the low points so far were also last year where the snow was still coming down in May and we couldn't get onto our field because it was still underwater and we had right. to we had to just throw out a lot of seedlings and start over and not have the experience behind us to know when to make those calls. So we, we did lose a little bit of our mm. crop plan, but I mean, again, just just lessons for this year and lessons for the years coming up ahead of us. So. Yeah, you remember it, you learn from it. That's and, it. And yeah. our Zena, same question. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, probably the exact same. Like um, last year was absolutely the highs and the lows all in one season. Um, you know, we love growing um, Siglinda um, German butter potatoes. It's one of our favorite potato variety. Oh, they're beautiful. They're, the flavor is just yeah. un, like there's nothing else. Uh, we Isn't planted um, about you know two thousand dollars worth of seed potato and lost seventy percent of it oh. because Ouch. of the wet and the rot. Like we were just not expecting the heavy rain and wetness that we got early in the spring. So that was just you know devastating both from like oh my, this is my potato too like yeah. i didn't like we didn't have much potato over the winter but not being able to then have potatoes for customers like all oh, it was just like that was really really sad so um but then like as courtney said you know fall came around and we had this lovely stretch of weather that enabled us to just like I was really scared the squash wouldn't ripen because it was so late going in the ground and you know you're like oh fingers crossed like all you can do is just fingers crossed and yeah the nice warm um, and dry fall made it so that our squash ripened but also the dryness helped um, seal the skins really well and we had really good keeping squash all winter long so that was really nice. I noticed that yeah. actually from squash. Yeah. Like, yeah, there was like a lot of life in the, yeah, yeah. anything yeah. I got locally Very few of them went off like... because, yeah, we didn't have the dampness that we normally do in fall. So, yay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, didn't quite make up for the loss of potatoes. But, and, you know, here we are again. You know, I've got a, a hundreds of pounds of potatoes waiting to be seeded. We learned our lesson. We are no longer planting potato seed in March. And we're just waiting and you know it's been cold but now like this is going to be the, the the big you know push to get everything in the ground yeah wow do you do you is there anything you both this is a question if you both don't eat seasonally is it have you got like a guilt thing like do you need this you have to have asparagus in december or something <laughs> like that or are you just completely by the book oh for me it's the avocado addiction <laughs> yeah, year-round okay. avocados i can't i can't say no they just they go with everything yeah they do. <laughs> <laughs> and i think probably in our family it's fruit like right. you know we yes like apples and pears into the fall but then there comes a time where we don't have any more and you know we like oranges i love eating exotic fruits too um you know our family has lived overseas for a, a number of years so 
um, we were just in Vancouver and we we're at TNT, picked up some, you know, some really exotic fruits. It was, it was kind of nice. Um, mangosteen and, and um, mangoes and yeah. Um, so for sure, there's, there's still some guilty pleasures <laughs> that aren't, aren't local. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I think, I think that's fair enough. I think that's fair enough. We, we all break the rules. Every oh, yeah. Right? But, you know, it, those, those are treats. Um, yeah. I would say like the majority of the time I, yeah, I do wait for I had my first asparagus yesterday okay, nice. oh. so I just wait you know if I don't freeze it or if I run out of my own asparagus which I just don't like I, I find <sighs> tomatoes grown out of season don't taste good like it just ruins it for everything mm. else so it just if as much as possible we freeze and can but when it's done it's like all right we just wait just wait, yeah. yeah. And, I, and yeah, I, like in the restaurant here, a lot of things, we just run it to the very last moment, you know. It's like I do have a couple couple people that I've got that have got stuff lined up there, and it's just like, okay, we're, okay, we're out. So that's off the menu, yeah. you know. It's like that yeah. panic because we're like, okay, we got just enough, and yeah. then you want to keep it going, and then... And yeah. that's been the nice thing about being a farmer is really getting in touch with seasonal eating and knowing the when, when things are going to be coming and... Um, you know, we get to eat so well. And, and I think with folks, um, it, there, there still are a few people who come to the market in early spring looking for squash, and we're just like, oh. sorry, it's not, not available yet. Um, so getting, getting in touch when, with when things ripen and when things are ready, it, it takes a bit, mm -hmm. but then, yeah. And that's hopefully where like things like box programs um, enable people to see that this is coming, right? And and you you just wait, and then when it starts coming, like you, for me, like I just gorge. Like when when tomatoes start coming in, or when strawberries or blueberries, I just like eat so much. I'm almost sick of it, almost. <laughs> um, but then you know you fill your pantry, freezer, everything else, and and then the next thing comes on, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, there's always, during the season, there's always something to just keep you going. Yeah, yeah. I, I find that being in the restaurant, because I'm not the box, but it's the fresh seats that yeah. everyone sends me. So, and, and that's great from the farmers when they send me an email and they're like, like Arzina, you send them to me all the time. And I'm just like, and I see the list and I'm like, okay, I want everything. And then I'm like, <laughs> okay, I'm no. like what can I actually sell? <laughs> no, and I'm like, okay, I know I can do 10 pounds of that and 10 pounds of that, or maybe 50 pounds of this, but yeah. Those are, that's always, it gets me excited and sort of passionate. And so I'm like, ah, this is what our specials are going to be Absolutely. for the next couple of weeks. Jonathan's so. my go-to person for Jerusalem artichokes. <laughs> oh, really? Have, it's amazing. You, you, like, I, it's the one vegetable that I know, like, it grows so well here. So prolific. I'm, but um, not everybody's comfortable with eating. Them, People so. are terrified of it. Yeah. They're Why? Like, even my staff look at it and they're like, well, what do we do with it? And I'm like, everything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, think potato, but better. And so we were doing, yeah, we we're doing fried chips with it. Nice. Um, we were doing mashed potatoes. Um, yeah. One of my cooks from uh, Ukrainian cooks, he was like in heaven. He was making purees and sauces out of it Ooh. and doing all sorts of really fun things, stuff I hadn't even thought about doing. And he even was pickling them yep. and it was great. Yeah. yeah. Like it's such a. Have you got any now? Like, have you got any like a puree or anything? Like no, that? I don't right okay. now. I think everything you sent me, we cleaned out you pretty clean well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, um, I find them too harsh tasting. Like, I know that um, 
there's one restaurant that does it in a, well, I'm hiding it, Atlas Cafe do yeah. a lovely chicken focaccia sandwich with artichoke inside it. I always say no artichoke because it brings about kind of well, a vinegary. The Jerusalem artichoke, which is completely different. To oh, them. you see, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. No, no. This is a different vegetable altogether. It's a root It's a root vegetable. So. Oh, you see, now, if I'd yeah. seen that in the farmer's market, I'd have been like, no chance. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, this is wonderful. Okay. Yeah, right. I think I made a potato salad. Oh, meet your maker. Yeah, worst I name ever. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was uh, yeah. We did a Jerusalem artichoke potato salad, and it was just it was delicious. Oh. It is a bit gassy. Yeah. If yeah. I will say anything. They call, I mean, let's be honest. They call it artichoke, don't they? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. So you know, one of the things I've been doing at home is fermenting Jerusalem artichokes in mm. a in a brine. Yeah. And um, after about you know, seven days, seven or eight days, the flavor changes. Like, you know, if you bite into a Jerusalem artichoke raw, there's a bit of sweetness in it. Um, Those sugars are in the form of inulin. Um, So your tongue tastes sweetness, but yeah, it can cause a bit of gassiness. When you ferment, that inulin converts to something that's more sour, like a pickle, mm. and the fartiness totally changes. Like it, it, there's, <laughs> there's none. There's none. And the fart uh, for me, yes, for me, I love Jerusalem artichokes raw. I love the crunch and being able to like um, bite into something that's starchy. I don't have to cook it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and fermenting really kind of for me uh, appeals to that. Um, being able to have the crunch left in it. Yeah. I've got to say, this is uh, particularly relevant for me right now. I've made no secret of the fact that we've just had a baby or we were having a baby. Now, we, now we've had the baby. Yeah. And food was something that I just let completely go. I usually love my fitness and eating good food. But we completely let it go because we just were so stressed yeah. with everything going on. And so uh, my diet has been frozen pizza. It's been... Uh, popular Canadian donut shops um, and things like that just daily on the daily uh, I probably spend um, 150 to 200 dollars a week in fast food restaurants wow. uh, up until a, uh, a few weeks ago and about two weeks ago um, I I but we'd had the baby the baby was born on Easter Sunday and I said I said I can't do this anymore like I'm I'm feeling like you you get this kind of drug like desire which is not hunger it's mm. different and and then you eat it and you feel this euphoria these are not things you should really be feeling with food and and then you know about two or three hours later you need to know where your next fix is coming mm. from and it's Oh, am I going to go and get a blizzard? Am I going to go and get some fries? It's it's horrible. You wake up in the morning, it all starts again. And I, I said to Eva, I'm sick of this. We are we stop it now, like immediately. Um, we we only well, we don't we we go there for maybe a tea or a coffee every now and then. But I have started cooking from fresh ingredients, um, from scratch, um, preparing meals in advance. And I just wanted to go back down to basics quickly and attest that cooking from fresh ingredients is so good for you in taste, in sleep, in your moods, and psychologically spending that time planning your what you're going to eat and enjoying the tastes and feeling satiated yeah. and full. It's wonderful. And I'm really feeling like I'm being reborn. 
I right think now. we're signing you up for a couple of CSAs I right think, here. <laughs> <laughs> I think you need a box. Yeah, prime, prime well, customer. You know, it's Indeed. interesting. That is like one of the reasons that some people sign up for a box is they really want to commit to eating healthy food. And this is kind of like, okay, they're going to get a weekly box of stuff and they're going to have to do something with yeah. it, right? Um, and so, yeah, we love like showing showing people all the, the range of, of foods that they can eat. Um, with our CSA, we give out recipes. Great. Uh, because every week, you know, there's, we try and, I mean, and maybe folks don't understand, like, we're not giving you a huge box of kale. Um, <laughs> we're, we're giving, and, and I think most of the farms are like this, um, six or seven different vegetables. Um, and on a weekly basis, there's going to be two or three new things every week so that it doesn't get boring. Yeah. Um, but sometimes something will show up in the box like, kohlrabi or um i'm just trying to think of some of the i'm collard greens that maybe you've never used before and so often farms will include a recipe but it is a very different way of eating like if you are one that follows a recipe to the t like if it says spinach you can only use spinach this is going to be a little bit of a challenge yeah so um one of the things that yeah Yeah. you can use (laughs) (laughs) one of the things about eating like this um it does uh force you to adapt your recipes so if it says spinach but you have chard you know that you can use chard just like you use spinach and you you know you mix and match and you can replace a root vegetable here and there with with what you get so very much it's like I build my recipes around what's in my box rather than looking at a recipe and trying to force my veggies into like doing doing things like that yeah well it's it's a little bit like shopping like our grandparents would have gone shopping and going into a shop with the mentality of what can I get from what is here not what what do I want you know um, and I, I wonder how our food prices would be in, in North America and anywhere in the world at the moment if our stores were a lot smaller and just sold what is abundant and then we had that mindset, what, del- what delicious yeah. things can I make from this as opposed to we need to put this stress on the environment and stress on our land by saying, no, you need to produce everything all the time. That's that's tough, and I think that mentality shift of just being yeah. like, what can I make yeah. with this? I think if more people could contemplate um, absolutely doing their meal planning around the seasons and what pro- produce um, is coming into season, that would make it so, so much better for environment, um, so much easier for farmers not having to constantly be pushing the 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 limit um but it is a a very different way of cooking like for me i know i've got like um you know a standard um thai curry and it just whatever vegetables are in the in the crisper go into the thai curry right or a stir fry it's like whatever green things and root veggies you just chop them up and stir fry and that's what it is so often it's very hard to recreate certain meals because it's like well it was this combo right it was this crazy neat combo that maybe i've only ever had once in a season but yeah, next week it'll be a totally different combo, and yeah. yeah. I love it. And Courtney, do you plan at any time on having a, a is it, it's called a CSA? Yeah, CSA. CSA, what's that sound for? Community Supported Agriculture. Love it, okay. Yeah. Um, are you, do you plan, <laughs> I'll just go veg box. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
Are you plan on having a CSA at any point for your farm? Yes, this year I do, I do hope to launch one. I'm going to Great. do a harvest CSA, so okay. September and October for eight weeks. Great. And um, I chose that as kind of a safe time as a farmer because there's always an abundance around that time. Excellent. Um, you can also really reap the rewards of your summer crops still yeah. in the very beginning of the CSA. There's still hot crops in the greenhouses. And if we're lucky, there might still be melons and zucchinis depending on the weather. So you get a lot of variety. And then coming into the, the month of October, you really get those fall crops that, um, that Arzina was talking about, the squash and the onions and things. And, and so the diversity in, in the harvest season of fall is just, it's so, it's so interesting. And that's yeah. something I really want to celebrate. And that's what I want people to get excited about. Yeah, I think that there's, um, there's a dedication to people who sign up for a 20-week 20, 20 CSA. And in the spring, depending on the weather, you can get heavy green boxes. You can get a lot of things. And mm. some people love that. And, and a lot of people embrace it because they're doing the supported agriculture for more reasons than just a diversity of vegetables. They're actually doing it to support the farm, to mm. support the network, to, to strengthen our food systems. Um, and not to say it's disappointing to get an all green box for many weeks in a row or a few weeks in a row, but um, I think as a safety net, as somebody who's new launching a program, I'd like to be able to offer a wide variety of exciting things. So hopefully for a little bit of retention, but also just because I want to, I want people to see what can be produced in those months and, and get in touch with eating in season and know that, yeah. yeah, know that we can produce a, a huge variety of food That's here excellent. in the Valley. I'm yeah. actually getting hungry here. Actually. <laughs> and we, we're not always. even talking about food, but I'm just going through my head, all the great, yeah. you know, all this fresh greens and then yeah. some squash and zucchini. Oh and, yeah. You know, fresh, I mean, I love nothing more than a fresh carrot right out of the ground, yeah. you know, just. Yeah. Dust it off, a little bit of dirt on there. Oh, it's just perfect, <laughs> so sweet. Oh. Are you, we did the show on bacon. Remember that? Yeah. That, I was starving during that. <laughs> I, I did bring some bacon with me because I was like, we know where this is going to lead. Let's just eat bacon while we're talking about bacon. Yeah, but you brought, bought the worst bacon in the disgusting. world. It was the stuff that you, yeah. Yeah. Let's not even go there. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back to the carrots. Yeah, 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 yeah. Those, yeah. Those were good. I, I would put a carrot up with a piece of bacon any yeah. day. Like yeah, that. yeah. For sure. Well, so. I think what what um, what Courtney just described is you know most um, new farms that are starting off. Um, they usually plan a short CSA, an eight-week CSA, and then as you get used to your your farm, your site, your soil, you, you can start expanding the number of weeks. And so, yeah, we absolutely started with an eight-week CSA, and now we're up to 20. So wow. it's it's been um, nice, but it's absolutely a process. And um, yeah, the other reason we love it is, you know, that we, we create, we get this really wonderful community that comes to the farm and we know is supporting us. And um, it's so helpful, not just for a established farm like ours, but I, you know, I love seeing new farms um, have CSAs and have that um, community behind them. Cause sometimes it can feel like a bit of a lonely process, right? right. When you're out in the field and it's been miserable yeah. and you're like, why am I doing this? But knowing, <laughs> yay, there's okay. There's people who are not only counting on the food, but they've actually put up the money up front because yeah. they, they want to see you succeed. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, that's so helpful. Here's that's a exciting. great question. How many CSAs are you doing right now? 
So in terms of shares, we um, our, our CSA this year is going to be a multi-farm CSA. We've started a new cooperative, which is maybe a, a topic for another time, but um, we have four farms um, joining together to do our, our um, full CSA, and we're looking at having 70 shares. Um, we've, had, we've already sold half of that, so there's still some room, but they're starting to fill fast as the season approaches. So yeah, that's the size that we're doing. Courtney, I'm not sure how many. I'm thinking of 30, but yeah. I'm I'm open to adjusting that number as I see how the season's <laughs> going. So 30 spaces for people to jump on. Yeah, the right, shares okay. that we offer. So okay. Yeah. Yeah. Why do you call that shares? Well, they're getting a share of the harvest. Okay, right? lovely. Um, yeah. And often, I, I know this is what happens at, at our farm. When we plan where produce is going, like what goes on the fresh sheet, what goes to the market, mm. when we, the CSA starts, the CSA always gets the first dibs. Like the best stuff goes into right. the, the box. Okay. Uh, not to say that we're sending you bad things. <laughs> but, um, I was like, oh. <laughs> well, because often, like, okay, if you I have only to buy need 75 shares now. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you only have a small amount, like for instance, um, we often grow ginger, right? right. Um, fresh ginger, but we don't grow a ton. And um, the box gets um, the majority of that, and whatever's left over, we take to market. Um, so you know, the share is they are actually they've pre-purchased a share yeah. of the of the produce, so yeah. that's what they get. Yeah. I love that. It's, I, I love that you're getting they're getting the best, the best, right? Yeah. Like that's yeah. that's what you're. But it's that it's that commitment. They, yeah. the, the the customer deserves that because they're without that they well we've just outlined yeah. you know when the farmers in the field they know they've got all those people behind them they've put up the money they're invested whereas someone who goes to the farmers market also invested also doing a good thing for the community but not quite as much yeah. as the person that's put up the money before any of the produce actually comes to them absolutely i mean it's awesome for the farmer and i think for the customer you're guaranteed you know a, a variety of vegetables and as as we've seen this year with food prices like they're just all over the place and you know we've committed to our customers that they'll get a minimum six to eight different types of veggies a 35 dollars value per week minimum and often it's more than that mm. so yeah it's it's a nice way of also um, at least hedging around inflation this year you've upfront purchased and then you're you're gonna get you know that value if not more so do you, you pay for the full full thing up front yeah oh, that's yeah. perfect yeah yeah and I, I don't know for Courtney but for us certainly like up front in the spring is when all our costs come right of course so helping the farmer you know thousands of dollars of seed cost of, of fertilizer cost um, paying labor prior to even having anything harvested that we can sell off the field so absolutely part of the the, the benefit of CSA is paying the farmer at a time when they really need that those that cash mm. and to cover all of the the outgoing costs that are happening yeah absolutely love it all yeah. right um so I've, I've learned a lot i'm i'm inspired look at the face inspired <laughs> <laughs> yay john any, anything else to ask no i think this is this is great thank you so much i hope yeah. uh, our listeners out there are going to be signing up for csas so. as soon yeah. as possible yeah should we do I some know. shout outs well i'd love to yeah. yeah let's do some shout outs where people can get a hold of you and uh courtney you want to go first and sure um my farm name is peas and love produce 
And I don't have a website up yet, but you can find me on the social medias on Facebook, on Instagram, or you can email me at peasandloveproduce at gmail.com. Great. And just let me know if you're interested in the CSA, and I will put out some posts when I'm ready to launch it with more details. Excellent. Okay. Yeah. Well, make sure we we like it on Edible Valley so you can also find it as the people we followed. I think that's the thing. I'll see you now. Yeah. So um, you can sign up at uh, amarafarm.ca. We're also on social media, on Facebook, Instagram. Um, we're at the farmer's market, so you can also come up to either of us and just chat about the CSA if you're interested. Um, and there are a number of other farms in the valley that have CSA. So I also want to shout out to all of them, um, Whitaker, um, Tender Green, there, there are a number. So I think most of us have uh, Facebook because we know most of the valleys on, on Facebook. Everyone does Facebook, So right? if you're interested, like re- reach out to your, a farm that you know and ask them if they've got a CSA. And if not, they'll probably tell you who, who, who they know that does. I love it. Okay. I'm just thinking how I'm just thinking how much this is going to change my life. This is great. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Well, thank you so much, Courtney and Arzina. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Both of you. All right. Uh, Well, this has been the Edible Valley podcast since 2011. We're still going. Thank you for joining (laughs) us. My name is William Stringer. I'm the producer, and I'm Chef Jonathan Fraser. And just like to thank you for listening. And that wraps up another episode of the Edible Valley podcast. Thanks for tuning in. And a special thanks goes to the local businesses that help support our podcast. They make it possible for us to showcase your local food community. We'd love you to follow us on your preferred social media at Edible Valley, where you can check out our blog, find recipes and tips behind the scenes. And of course, keep a lookout for where we are going to turn up next in your Edible Valley. <laughs> there you go, Will. You're in we have done it a few times, and we've done a cracking show at the not recorded. Oh Ouch. no! And then Ouch. done the same thing again. Like we've recorded the same show again, but a little bit pissed off. Yeah. Like it's, <laughs> it's not as good a show. Ouch. It's, it's never been with guests, but yeah, yeah. There's a couple yeah. of them. And this has been. Yeah, beep, 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 beep. <laughs> okay, ready again?